the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, July the 29th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 29, 1967, an accidental rocket launch took place on the deck of the supercarrier USS Forrestal. It was in the Gulf of Tonkin, resulted in a fire, explosions, killed 134 servicemen. One of the servicemen on the ship was not killed. It was John McCain. Today in 1856, German composer composer Robert Schumann, you probably have heard some of his classical music. I hope you have. It's very good. He died. He was 46 years old. A lot of those musicians, the, the famous ones, the guys that wrote stuff that we all know today, they wrote it for the church for the most part, as you probably know or should know. But they also, a lot of them died really young. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but it's interesting. Today, 1914, transcontinental telephone service in the United States became operational. First test conversation between New York and San Francisco. Today, 1957, the International Atomic Energy Agency was established. Today, 1958, President Dwight Eisenhower, he signed the National Aeronautics and Space Act, creating NASA. Today, 1968, Pope Paul VI, he reaffirmed the Catholic Church's stance against artificial methods of birth control. Today, in 1975, President Gerald Ford, he became the first U.S. president to visit the site of the Nazi Nazi concentration camp, Auschwitz, in Poland. And today, in 1981, Britain's Prince Charles married Lady Diana Spencer in a glittering ceremony, Associated Press says. It was at St. Paul's Cathedral in London. They were divorced, as you will recall, in 1996. She was soon after killed in a car crash. She was dating, I guess, this um, a Muslim whose father owns Herod's in London. Very sad ending to all of that. One year ago today, Britain's weather agency, Great Britain, they confirmed that the country had seen its highest temperature on record. You can only imagine how many stories were out there about global warming and we have 10 years to live and all of that. But anyway, the highest temperature on record. What do you think it was? 105, 4? No, it was 101.7 degrees Fahrenheit. They were having a heat wave. Hottest temperature on record, 101.7 degrees. Attorney General William Barr called out the Democrats yesterday during this House Judiciary Committee I mentioned it just briefly on the radio yesterday because, as you know, this program originates live each morning here at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And um, I was just getting some a little bit of feed on what was being said in that because it was going on in back there. They went through the lunch hour uh, on the East Coast. 
And uh, I mentioned it briefly, but I, I wanted to come back to it because it was so it was a it really wasn't a hearing. They set Bill Barr down, who is probably one of the greatest, most qualified, most conservative constitutional attorney generals we've ever had. We've had some good ones, but he's perhaps the best. And he certainly is seasoned. <clears throat> he's been around the block more than once. So as it turned out, they sat him down yesterday, this committee, the Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, the House, he's the chairman of that. He's a Democrat, of course, because they control the House. And it was more an attack on him because when they would ask him a question, it was more of a statement, and then he would start to respond, and, and they would cut him off. Honestly, and I, I looked at that a couple of times. I looked at the video, and I thought, man, is this happening? And it is. It was. It's very interesting. But he got his two cents in, in spite of them, and was able to make some statements. But he condemned the left, the Democrats, for not condemning mob violence and attacks specifically. And what they were talking about in the in the hearing particularly was the Mark O. Hatfield. They, of course, knew Mark Hatfield. He was a longtime senator. The Mark O. Hatfield U.S. courthouse in Portland. What makes me concerned for the country, Bill Barr said, is that this is the first time in memory that the leaders of one of our greatest two political parties, the Democrat Party, are not coming out and condemning mob violence and the attack on federal courts. He said, why can't we just say violence against federal courts has to stop? He said, could we hear something like that? No, we can't, because they're not making those kinds of statements. Barr was testifying about the federal law enforcement response to protect the courthouse. All of the, it's being vandalized, bombed. We, I mean, the whole world is watching the videos day after day after day. But the Democrats, including Joe Biden, their wannabe next president, they've been calling these peaceful protests. That's a word that has become almost as, it has become a buzzword. For the left, every so often there's something that pops out and they use it again and again and again and again because they're wanting to impress the public with something that isn't true. Anybody on this planet that turns on a television screen will see these videos if they watch it very long. And anybody on this planet would know that these are not peaceful protests. All these mothers are running around trying to be the wall, and now there's some veterans being the wall and all of this. And I, I get all that. I'm married to a mother. I know a lot of veterans. I understand that, but they're misled because this isn't about black lives. It's not about equity among races. It may have been weeks and weeks or months ago, but it's not now. There are people in black hooded uniforms with bombs and tools of destruction. They come every night prepared to burn and destroy and hurt people. That's what it's about. Why can't we just become just honest enough to say, boy, this is bad and we need to deal with it. But they can't do that because every utterance 
that comes out of the mouth of a progressive is first weighed by its political implication and all of the nuances of a fluid, non-absolute kind of a worldview. And that's what a non-biblical worldview is. If your worldview is not based on the truth of God's word, the unchanging values, the unchanging aspects of life that are laid out very clearly in the Bible, then you have a fluid, changing worldview. Jesus, I've mentioned this so many times over the years as a pastor from the pulpit and on this program and the years we have the television program, I've talked about it because it's just so simple that anybody, even I can understand it. Jesus said, look, you're building a house. It's your life. You're either going to build it on the sand or you're going to build it on the rock. And the guy that builds the house on the sand, it's going to, the storm is going to come and it's going to knock it down. And you're going to be homeless. The guy that builds it on the rock is going to withstand the storms. It isn't that the storms won't come. But the life that is built on the rock stands the test of time and the test of storms and adversity. But the people who build their lives around a fluid, changing, gender, whatever choice, I might be a girl, I might be a boy, I might like to cohabitate, have sexual relations with the same... I mean, all of this stuff, all gets mixed in. And in this world that we're living in today, they have created this false sense of truth when it's fiction and it's destructive. Well, that's what this hearing really was about. I mean, they didn't know that was what it was about, but that is what it's about. We live in a confused, in a confused culture because to the degree that we have moved God off to the out to the margins, to the degree that our pastors and preachers have stopped speaking the truth from the pulpits, to that degree we have created this false kind of a kind of a comfort zone, and we say, well, it's okay, we're good. This is a different age. This isn't like your parents' age. We don't have to do all that stuff. I mean, we got to understand. We have to adapt. How many times have I heard parents say, we have to adapt? My daughter came home and told me she was a lesbian. Well, that's okay. I, I used to believe that the Bible condemned that kind of sexual behavior, or my son came home and said he was a homo, whatever. And all of a sudden, parent, and I understand, I'm a parent. And I was a youth pastor for 11, for 10 years. I get that. I've talked to so many kids about this, I, I can't tell you. I understand that when it's your own child, of course it impacts your life. But it doesn't mean you trade in your values to accommodate your child because that doesn't accommodate the child. It accommodates Satan who's trying to destroy your child. So in love, you embrace them and tell them you love them, but you do not love the sin. And we put all that aside, and we have come to a point in America today where we believe that we can just whatever, you know, oh, boy, these these kids, they're sure different than we were, aren't they? And, and uh, I mean, this is what's happening in the streets of our cities. This is the result of what we have been feeding, we've been planting these seeds. The Bible is very clear in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Any 
farmer knows that. They know it well. You don't plant corn kernels and expect pineapples to grow. It just doesn't happen. And yet somehow we disconnect with that when it comes to what we really believe. So that's what was going on in the most powerful capital in the world yesterday. Barr was saying, why can't we just say it? (laughs) Violence against federal courts has to stop. Could we hear something like that? Unfortunately, no, Mr. Attorney General, we probably can't. Except from the conservatives, the Christians. Even Joe Biden has been echoing that. They're starting to get a little silent now on this whole matter because it's becoming so blatant and there's so many buildings burning and people, some killed, so many people injured. But they're still calling it peaceful protests. We live in a world of confusion. You look at something, you look at a burning building and say, my, these children are out here having a peaceful protest. That's what America is about. America was founded. On pro- <laughs> uh, I'll tell you. Committee Chairman Reber, uh, Representative Jerry Nadler, on the way to the hearing yesterday, he was probably, I don't know this, I, I mean, I haven't spoken to him, I wasn't in the car, but he was so worked up about this hearing that he was going to have, he had a wreck. Yeah, he had a car wreck on the way to this, on the way to, nobody got hurt, but it really messed him up. And you could tell he was really shaken. I didn't know about that till later, but I, he, he was really shaken during this thing. I just thought it was pure anger, but it was anger. And he had just had a car wreck on his way to this hearing, the big event. He was going to get bar in his hearing. And they, they kind of, kind of did, but they made themselves really look like fools, very honestly. Barr, Barr was asked a question by Representative De- Debbie uh, Lesko from Arizona. She had listed several examples in which Representative Pramila Jayapal from Washington, Washington State's own Pramila Jayapal. How did the people like her get out? It's just there's just enough people in her district. Boy, it's amazing. But anyway, she had denied Jayapal had denied on the record that there had been a takeover in downtown Seattle in this hearing. On the record, she said, no, there was no takeover in downtown Seattle. She said Capitol Hill Capitol Hill, essentially didn't happen. She said it was just a protest. It wasn't a takeover. And she, in fact, on the record, Jayapal said that there was no violence. I'm looking at the record right now. I'm looking at what was said. There was no violence in the autonomous zone of CHOP, or they later called it CHAZ, she said there was no violence. Well, yes, there were. Two people were killed. And a lot of other people, a number of other people were hurt, and others we probably will never know about. But they sit in, 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 the, in the ivory tower of Washington, D.C., and they say, no, oh, no, no, no. It was nothing like that. Just peaceful protests. Some children were out there protesting. That's the American way. I mean... Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I may be the only one that feels this way, but I don't think so. Senator John Kennedy, not not JFK. He's he's dead. But this guy is from Louisiana. He's a good guy. He's very colorful. He was on Shannon Bream's Fox News last night. And um, I don't really care. 
I don't really care for Shannon Bream, to be honest. I've never met her, and I, I understand she's a, a fine Christian. But I don't watch that show, but I pay attention to what's on there. So I didn't see this, but I looked at the video, and I, I'm aware of what's on the their program, as I am on a lot of programs. Some of them I enjoy watching. Hers isn't one that I enjoy watching necessarily. But anyway, he was on there, this Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. And she was talking to him about um, the, the hearing, and he was expressing disgust. He said he, he, he wasn't in the hearing, but he said he turned it on, kind of like I did. He turned it on and uh, was watching bits and pieces of it, he said, because he said it was triggering my gag reflex. He said rather than being a hearing, he said it was an attempted persecution, one he thought the American people would see through. And I think they are. I think he's right. He said, I think that the point some of my Democratic colleagues seem to be making, uh, was, seemed to be trying to make, was that Attorney General is out of control. But he said what they really mean is that he's out of their control. And he is. That's exactly what's happening. He went on. Kennedy of Louisiana went on. He said Bill Barr is guided by the rule of law, and he doesn't do anybody's bidding. He calls it like he sees it. He said, I thought that that's what he was in his job for. And he said, for the most part, his unusual, unflappable self is what was revealed in the hearing. He's tough. You've got to be tough to be in that job. He said he's tough as a pine knot, and I respect him for that. And many of us do. I do, too. I I think he's probably one of the best that has ever sat in that chair as attorney, U.S. Attorney General. And there have been some good people as Attorney General. But I'll tell you, Greg Stanton, he's a Democrat representative, kind of summed it all up. Attorney General Bill Barr started to say something, and Stanton was one of many who shut him down. And you know what Stanton said? And this this is so revealing. Stanton said, you'll have a chance to comment after your testimony is over today. Think about that. Those guys came in prepared. Every time they, w- they would ask a question that was more of a statement and it was accusatory toward Barr, but it was really, really directed at Trump. And every time he would start to respond, and he's extremely brilliant and well-spoken, every time he would start to respond, they would defer to their time, and they would not want to give him their time to answer. It was just pathetic. It was almost unbelievable. I I watched it, and I thought, how did, how did we get to this point? Well, I think we know why, and we talk about that a lot on this program. Greg Gutfield. He's a guy on Fox. I kind of I like to watch him. He's interesting. He said, in that hearing, you witness people whose salaries you pay accuse a man of murder and treason, then refuse to let him speak or defend himself. He said, do you think the unbending mob on the street is worse? No, this is. And it's coming for you. Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, he said, the American people are not morons. <laughs> he said, we get this. We know what's going on. Well, indeed, we do. We know what's going on. This is a battle for the soul of America like we've never seen. I've certainly not seen it in my lifetime, and we haven't seen it as a country since Abraham Lincoln. Psalm chapter 4, verse 8 speaks to times like these. When we lay our head on our pillow at night, whatever time it is, we can't go to sleep. I'm reading more and more that more and more people in America 
are finding it hard to sleep. They're taking more and more medication to sleep. It's spiking along with coronavirus and all the rest of it. But the Lord says, I will lay you down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makes me dwell in safety. Safety is in the Lord. Peace is in the Lord. There is no other peace or safety. This world is out of control. It's spinning like a wobbling top. I mean, it is. That's why Paul wrote in Romans, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Proverbs speaks to this. Nearly every chapter or every book in the Bible speaks to peace because the human condition does not bring peace. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24 says, When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. I know a lot of people aren't, aren't sleeping. They go to bed and they're worried. They're concerned. I mean, it's touching every part of our lives. If it isn't the virus shutting down the economy, the loss of jobs, the loss of income, it's all of this other nonsense going on in the name of democracy. It isn't democracy. It's an attempt to bring down this nation and a president they hate but to bring down this nation and remake it in the image of something that our founders never even dreamed of. That's what's going on in our world today. And in the middle of all of this, we see some of the reasons why this is happening. First and foremost, it's because we have, a, we have rejected God. Not all of us. In fact, probably the majority of us in America have not. But those who are rejecting God and putting their fist in his face have control of the microphones, the television screens, and unfortunately, the radio in many cases. Fortunately, we have Christian radio and conservative radio. But that's the environment in which we live today. And then the family is being torn apart, and the family in God's model, in God's worldview, the family is the cornerstone. Pew Research Survey has found that 23% of U.S. children are now living with a single parent. 23%. Number of single-parent homes are on the rise. Births outside of marriage are on the rise, but marriage itself is in decline. In America, does this connect to the mayhem that we're experiencing in our country today? Absolutely. I wrote an article about this, and I'm not going to have time to get into it today But on the radio here, but I'd like you to read it, if you would. It's at faithandfreedom.us, faithandfreedom.us. Pew says, for decades, the share of U.S. children living with a single parent has been rising. It's accompanied by declining marriage rates and a rise in births outside of marriage. Every part of that is in absolutely stark contrast in opposition to what God what God laid out as the model for human existence. God created male and female in his image and likeness. He put all of this in motion as well as speaking into existence the universe. And he said, here's how it will work. A man and a woman will come together. They'll have children. And this will be the cornerstone 
of society. He says in Genesis and elsewhere that then we will have nations and borders. And every part of this is under attack. Every single part of God's plan is under attack. I looked at this, and I know it's there's other parts to it, but, I mean, in fairness, I, I need to say that. But I looked at this model that Pew has put out there. They did a lot of research. China has 3% of their kids live in a one-parent family. I mean, also, I must say that probably if they decided they wanted to create a one-parent family, they'd probably kill the one parent, China. Nigeria has 4%, India has 5%, Canada has 15%. The article's pretty in-depth. There's a lot of information in it, so I would encourage you to read it. There's no value to us but I, if you read it, but I think there's value to you if you do. So you might want to take a look at that. It's globally, 38% of children 18 years old and, and younger live in extended family homes, but in the U.S., it's only 11% which says that the extended family is not functioning as God wanted it to as well. Some groups some groups are weighing in on it. Glenn Statton, he's with Focus on the Family. He's calling this information disturbing. I would say it's beyond disturbing, but he's calling it disturbing, adding that Statton says largely those in the lower half of the socioeconomic scale live in single-parent homes and have babies out of wedlock. Statton called the study a national tragedy, noting that it's been a problem for a long time, and it has been. But what we're not saying, and I don't see anyone saying, but they should be saying, and it would be preferably if a black pastor was saying it, and perhaps they are, is that this is what's wrong in the black community. Marching on the streets, burning buildings, throwing rocks at cops is not how to get equity between blacks and whites. Equity comes through the cross of Jesus Christ, crucified, resurrected from the dead, accepting Christ as Savior. It's very simple. And if that would could become the cornerstone of this nation, as it was when Bradford and those guys stepped off the ship and Bradford preached his sermon, he said, I see a city on a hill. That's what America is going to be, a light shining in the darkness. Now we've become the darkness in many cases because the church is silent. And the pastors are more concerned about not creating waves and not creating a problem for themselves than they are preaching the gospel. Too many of them. And that's what's wrong. And God will hold you accountable as he holds each one of us accountable for the opportunities that we don't take advantage of. But there's hope because God's word has never been snuffed out. <laughs> and it's not going to be now. And I think I think all this that's happening in the culture today, I think it's it's pushing America, whether they know it or not, to a point where they're going to see through this, and they're going to say, wait a minute, we've had enough of this. I'm done. I think it's going to be reflected in in the election. If you look at the election just from a political point of view, Trump probably couldn't win. Really, it's stacked against him. Everything's stacked against him. But God is in control, and God will decide who does what and when. And there's so there's great hope in this. God is doing some things, and he's allowing us to be a, a part of it. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life for the last few minutes. And thank you for your support. That's what makes it possible. We need your support. These are difficult times. Our address is box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98. 98- 
3998009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. To all of you who do support us, thank you so very, very much. I appreciate it. And to all of you who will, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow.